0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of Love, Death and Movies podcast. This is episode 14, if you can believe it, gentlemen. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Ash, and with me is, of course, Harry and Byron Hello. Or Notorious Movies, according to his screen right now.
1: <laughs> and Byron.
0: How are you guys? Yeah, Byron, Notorious, all the things. Um, how are you guys today?
1: Byron, you want to go first? Oh, I'll go first? Cool. Thanks. Yeah, I'm good. Um, little peek behind the curtain we we were recording this the day after we recorded the the heat review um a lot's happened in the last 24 hours not in terms of specifically movies watched um i'll bring up a photo i was in an uber yesterday you guys know this um i was in a major car accident and it like it is that's been my last 24 hours i'll pull up the. Roof. check this i'm not even slightly exaggerating Um, Audio listeners, wait, I gotta put the fucking brightness down. Audio listeners, um, you can see just a a car absolutely totaled. Um, I was in the back seat. first time I've ever been like in a major car crash like that, all airbags just fucking go off. Um, I'm okay, the driver's okay, the other driver's all right. Um, I'm not sure who's default, but it's not me, so classic. Um, My shoulder is fucked, been to the hospital, I've gotten severe, what they said, severely strained tendons around my shoulder. Which means that anytime I move it, it's going to hurt for about a month, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad I got that rather than anything broken. But, um,
0: well, you're almost 30 Harry. so that's usually what starts to happen. Your body just decides to start yeah. deteriorating. So I, welcome, yeah. Welcome to the club early.
1: I actually just <laughs> tripped. Like, that's all it was. And, like, I just took yeah. a photo. I just got that photo off the internet. Um, yeah. But other than that, I've been, <laughs> I've been all right. <laughs> like, so far, so good. Yeah.
0: Very yeah. eventful, uh, 24 hours, apparently. Yeah, it's been nuts. Byron, anything exciting happen to you in the last twenty four hours?
2: Um, I ate a bag of chips uh, last night. It was pretty.
0: I hope you've eaten just more than that in the last twenty four
2: <laughs> hours. Mm-hmm. No, that was, that's that's a. I don't eat. I don't eat breakfast. Like, oh, it was like four cups of coffee. No, you need to eat breakfast. Great,
0: great for your body. Bag of chips and four cups of coffee. Yeah, you need to eat breakfast.
2: You yeah. That's so that's no,
0: called no, the twenty one no, year old week. diet. Can't <laughs> do that anymore. <laughs> a normal
2: normal twenty four hours. Should uh, say not week. Um, yeah. as far as what i've been watching pulp fiction
0: (laughs) yeah right yes as harry said we are bulk recording this weekend because i have some family coming into town next week so we are not going to be recording next weekend so um yes we just talked about what we've been watching so we are going to skip that this episode and we will go straight into kind of what this episode is about so we're going to give you a couple movie reviews we've got um society of the snow Mm. and Good Grief, which both came out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And we'll give our thoughts on those. And then we are going to do a deep dive into my favorite movie of all time, Pulp Fiction. So I'm very excited. And I know you guys both enjoy this film as well. So I hope you're excited. And then we'll end it with a guess the movie through 20 questions. All right, so Byron, you're the only one that saw Society of the Snow. So give us your thoughts on that film.
2: Um, this movie kind of took me off guard um a this is netflix and i never expect too much from netflix because if you do you're more than likely going to uh, leave disappointed um i hadn't heard of this movie i heard of this movie for the first time the day before i actually watched it um and i don't know why because this movie was fucking great i mean it was bordering on brilliant um i think it has a lot of lot of stuff going for it. Um, obviously, I'm a sucker for snow <laughs> in movies. You are. I I don't, I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> I just like it. Like any um, movie so, that has snow so, in it, you love it or automatically? At least it, it, it definitely helps. Okay. Yeah. You know, like Wind River. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, I know. Again, okay, used uh, okay, well, to bring I'll up Wind, Wind River any chance I get, um, but this this movie is, is great um, i think the direction is is an obvious standout um there's obviously a lot of care um that went into this movie obviously for what this movie is about i don't know if i can put this as a sports movie because it is but it's not it's not like the the main like focus it's
0: more of a survival <laughs> um, movie right
2: yeah yeah it's a disar- it's a disaster survival movie which i'm not usually like, into I don't usually watch like these kinds of these kinds of like subgenres um, at all, but this is definitely one of the better ones that I can remember. Um, I think the cast fucking kills it. Um, I can't remember the the, uh, the cast's names uh, all too well, but I think everyone that played a prominent uh, part, fucking killed this. Um, the, the, they all display, like, a great range of emotions that really um, encapsulated this environment and the situation that they're in. I just think they all did a fucking good job. Um, and they get, it's got a solid script. I think the visuals look outstanding. I mean, just based off the poster, that's what the actual movie looks like. It looks fucking sick. Um, and what's surprising is, even though this is my first movie of the year, it would not surprise me if this is still in my top 10 to 15 movies of 2024 by the time like December rolls around um I think it's that good it's almost a four and a half I gave it a four I gave it a high four um I think it's definitely one um to watch if you like watch it before the year um, comes to an end because i think it's fucking great
0: nice yeah nice. i really want to watch it i'm just kind of been waiting for like the right mental yeah. like space to watch it because i feel like there's anxiety inducing yeah. movies that can be yeah. a bit you know it's tough. the, to the, get the story
2: itself is devastating as fuck. What's now the is this an
0: english speaking film sorry harry or is no. it
1: no. Okay. this is the same director as the impossible a monster calls and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
0: I did notice that one. I have not seen the other oh, two. It's a place.
2: director for hire job that one. It's not his fault. Classic. It's, I, I thought I recognized the director's name. I was just like, I've seen it somewhere, but I hmm. didn't want to work on it because I wanted to just think of it. But no, the other said, it. yeah. Yeah, classic. No, I'm keen to watch it. I'm
1: very keen to watch it. I'll, I'll do it in the next couple of days, I think.
0: Yeah, same. Nice. Well, Thank you for that overview, Byron. And then Harry and I both watched Good Grief. I don't think you watched that one, Byron, right? Okay. I just finished oh. it this afternoon. So very fresh on the mind. Harry, you just watched it a couple nights ago. So I know you kind of told me a little bit about it already, um, but what are your kind of general thoughts on the film? Yeah, I'm really keen to see if we
1: land in the same place. Um, I think it's a very by-the-book generic tearjerker. Um, I love Dan Levy. I love his acting style. Um, I do believe he can do better in terms of writing with this script. I think the script is where mm-hmm. this movie completely falls apart. I think the beginning thirty minutes is very solid, very, very solid, and then it just becomes like a whole like, oh, if you're depressed, just go to Paris like uh like it very much just becomes like a just spend money on everything. and um, I feel like that's kind of is a kind of dangerous lesson to kind of teach people in a way that um that that's like how you're going to get over grief um i like the idea of this movie there's a little twist in the middle of it but then that becomes like a non-twist like that um that like the main character if you've seen it, you know what i mean they're like he should have known this was happening yada yada or something like it yeah kind of weird you know what i mean um but uh like as a whole it's fine like it's unfortunately it's just nothing more than fine for me um i yeah. i didn't watch it sober so when I watched it, I uh, finished the movie, I was like, that was good. Rated it 3.5, woke up the next morning, like com- <laughs> um, completely sober. And I was like, that ain't 3.5. <laughs> so, um, Clarity set in. <laughs> yeah, I lowered it to 2.5. Um, I don't yeah. think I'll lower it again. I think 2.5 for me is a good um, area for this. Um, I didn't not have a good time with this, like, but it's just very much, it just feels so frustrating at the same time. These characters are just so emotionally frustrating uh they just feel like they're not real you know to a point where like just the way that they react to random stuff is like i'm thinking to myself of like the, the way that um one of his best friends played by um himish uh the guy from um he's first oh. name is himish Patel, thank you the guy from yesterday um who i love that guy by the way i think he's awesome but i think ruth mega mm-hmm. steals this film personally i think ruth, oh yeah
0: 100 she's unreal
1: but um but just the way that they respond to some of the um, revelations that he's had, that he has, I'm like, that's not what people would say, like in this sort of scenario. And I kind of that kept taking me out of it. I felt like Dan Levy was writing in a in a in a way that very much is his directorial debut. So well done. But he was writing this in a way that every scene had to have a catalyst towards depression and grief and going through something when it doesn't need to be like that it literally just Mm -hmm. doesn't like some scenes can just be in there as a journey rather than like a, Oh, this is going to add again to it. Or this is going to subtract it. Like it doesn't need to be like that. That That's kind of my main takeaway. It was just a little bit frustrating. um, But like in terms of acting, I thought they were great. Um, I love Dan Levy. I think he's, he's great on screen. I'll always watch something in, I still have more shit's creep. So I do need to watch that. that. um, Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that's incredible, but um, yeah, I I thought, I thought it was fine. Yeah, well, yeah, I think
0: coming from someone who's very um, versed in Shit's Creek and like that's my main like introduction to him, and he's a writer, obviously, creator for that show and acts in it. I think this felt to me like someone who has a lot of experience writing TV shows where you can kind of layer a lot of things in because there's going to be multiple seasons versus this yeah. was like he tried to layer too many things in into an hour and 35 minute movie where nothing can really be flushed out. And I think that was kind of where the script got a little bit messy, was that he tried to like do too much, but nothing ever really had an impact on the audience because you couldn't really like spend long enough with a moment to like connect to it. At least that's kind of how it felt for me. Like I actually didn't even cry watching this, which is shocking for someone like me. I always cry in like movies where it's very emotional or involves like death usually. And I didn't even cry because I felt like I just couldn't like connect to the characters um there was one scene at the beginning where i think i told you that, that the funeral where it, it was like i almost did but it still didn't quite get me there so yeah. yeah i think the acting was really good and i think the the movie was beautiful i mean it was oh, shots shot, were great. Yeah. i'll send photos um, to byron throughout like it
1: crowded. i was like check this shot and he's like that's sick i mean it was like paris this,
0: is always a great yeah, location great. for movies yeah but yeah overall the script was a bit messy i I think he kind of did himself a disservice by having his first movie be one he wrote directed and starred in i think maybe if he would have just wrote and directed something maybe it would have been a little bit different more like removed from it but i know that he's talked about he lost his grandmother and his like long-term dog all around the same time and so this was sort of like his this movie was his way of dealing with the grief and so i feel like maybe in that sense you can really see like the like Dan Levy coming out of it like i think in some ways maybe this is partially ways that helped him kind of grieve what he went through but i just don't think it was as relatable to like your average day person watching it so yeah. No, I agree. yeah definitely worth a watch but i agree with you i'm kind of leaning between like 2.5 and really low like three stars yeah. just because i do adore him but i think for a directorial debut it was fine i think it he'll fine. do
1: like it's not better. it's not terrible like i'm still i'm watching this being like i finished it being uh, like i woke up the next day after finishing it and i was like i'm still excited to see what else he does like i'm of like yeah. I, I think he you can see talent in this so that's kind mm-hmm. of what i took away from it i don't know maybe i'm just really yeah. optimistic Maybe I'm no, too No, I, I think you're,
0: no, I I think you're right. Because, no, don't hate more stuff. Um, don't be a <laughs> no, hater, Harry. No, no I about. think that if you watch Shit's Creek, you'll kind of see the talent that he has yeah. as far as like writing. Because him and his dad wrote that show together, but Which mostly Dan Levy. I love yeah. you, Gene. Love you, Gene. Yeah, so I think you'll have a different perspective on him maybe once you've kind of watched that. But yeah, definitely think it's worth a watch, but I don't think it's going to be like anyone's favorite movie of all time by any yeah.
1: means no 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 just like yeah again like i um i i do think he's supremely talented like of, obviously yeah. he's, he's got so much success he's got a lot of fandom behind him um but yeah i i think yeah i agreed everything you said for a directorial debut it's fine, it's fine.
0: yeah agreed which sometimes that's all you can ask for for yeah, a it's first a directorial film a but...
1: debut you're gonna learn from it like
0: and it's not A24, so we know it's not going to be a 5 out of 5 for a directorial no. debut. Yeah,
1: it's no so. men. It's no men. I had too many of the uh, fuck off.
0: Which, that was not his directorial debut here, so no, that doesn't know, really work. I know,
1: I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Every now and then, we've got to remember that that was an A24 film. Yeah, yeah. That was
0: awesome. All right, well, those are our two um, movie reviews for, for the week. And now we're going to jump into the meat and potatoes of the episode, which is talking through Pulp Fiction, which, again, is my favorite movie of all time. You guys know. So this is one that I'm very excited about. I'm wearing my Honey Bunny t-shirt. Those who are just listening can't see, but I do have a Honey Bunny t-shirt. And I can't wait to get my first Pulp Fiction tattoo. It's it's coming. I can't decide if I want to get Don't Be a Square or if I want to get one of mia so i haven't gotten it yet but it's coming soon
1: what about you get the silhouette of mia and vincent dancing
0: i was thinking about that but i also don't know how i feel about getting like that i've seen that tattoo where like they fill in so much black for like his suit and it freaks me out the idea of like having to sit there while they do that whole fill-in of just the black ink I know I can handle it, but I'm just nervous. So. How about
2: you get English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Right, yeah, that's
1: not bad. <laughs> what about you get bad motherfucker just on your back?
0: Okay, <laughs> okay. All right, we're not going to make this an episode about Ash's next tattoo, but with be all of that, bad, um,
1: though.
0: That would be, bad. <laughs> would be really funny. Um, let's get into talking um, about Pulp Fiction. Let's so do. before we get into talking about even the film structure, I just wanted to kind of walk you guys through like how this film was even – made how it even came to be awesome. um in case you're not aware of the uh the little fun history of it so this is his second feature length film so uh, he did reservoir dogs first um which was still a success so for being his speaking first film, of
2: incredible directorial debuts yeah, yeah exactly
0: um so he did not make a ton of money though with reservoir dogs so it's not like you know he was sitting there with a ton of money ready to go to make his next film um he had some money but he basically went to amsterdam alone spent three months with no phone no fax which i know sounds crazy to us no fax machine but back in what? the 90s you communicated via phone and fax you know you didn't have um iphone uh, like you do a, now
1: fax machine? right so a, fax, is, a fax machine is what kids used to snapchat on back in the day uh, yeah
0: so. <laughs> send us the uh, quick uh, image one yeah. time um so yeah he was there alone and just you guys probably know this about quentin tarantino but he writes all of his scripts by hand in notebooks so this was That's no different um, i know he's an insane person so he wrote this in about 12 like school book like the composition style notebooks you know that you have in school he wrote this in like 12 of those um came back to the states and he had this friend i guess who he had worked with before her name's linda chen she's a typist um and he gave her these 12 notebooks and she was like what the fuck is this shit um it's like incoherent illiterate like oh, so many grammatical errors like she basically <laughs> had to take it and like it's almost like it reminds me of like charlie and always sunny he gives them like you know the book of pictures and they have to like make a script out of it for the play that's, that's basically what linda chen did for him so thank you linda for making this movie coherent um but yeah so this basically became the final script became like what they kind of worked on together. So she helped him basically make it to where the studio would accept the final like draft of the script. Um, it was the first independent movie to gross over $200 million. Um, and it kind of was the first one that really like set off like people being willing to invest in more, more smaller independent films. Um, so TriStar was the one that was kind of pressing him for the script. Um, So he lived on this friend's couch, this Linda Chen, um, didn't pay rent, didn't have anything to his name. And fun fact about Honey Bunny, um, it's not really fun, actually. I shouldn't say that. It's kind of sad, but it's interesting. She had a rabbit, apparently, named Honey Bunny. And she was like, okay, well, you need to watch my rabbit while I have to go out to, like, locations and do stuff for work. He refused, which doesn't surprise me about (laughs) him. And this poor rabbit died what because he refused to take care of it i'm nice you not um and so to pay like homage to this rabbit its name was honey bunny and so he decided to make that yolanda's nickname because because he killed a rabbit. rabbit because he killed a rabbit this motherfucker um that's so funny which is like this is like the sweet name that like so my husband adam he calls me honey bunny and i call him pumpkin i know it's super sweet um, because we love this movie, and now that I know the story, it kind of takes away some of the sweetness of Honey Bunny as a nickname. Do you, um,
1: Do you like rob diners on the
0: weekend, you guys? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, nice, Harry. Obviously. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of just a little like sidebar thing, but I thought, thought you guys would get a kick out of that. Um, I'm just
1: imagining Ash but, being like, "If
0: any one of you motherfuckers moves, I'm oh, gonna yeah. execute every last one of you. Don't <laughs> piss me off. Right? Don't <laughs> piss me off.
1: Um, Yeah,
0: this movie was made for $8.5 million and it earned $214 million worldwide. So it's the top grossing independent film of all time, actually. Um, And Roger Ebert called it the most influential movie of the 1990s at the time it came out.
2: So basically,
0: yeah, I mean, I think now that may not be the case. This came out in 94. Obviously, a lot of other movies came out after that. Um, but at the time, that is what he said, which we know he's kind of a tough critic. He doesn't necessarily love a lot of things that are mainstream that other people like. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, just before we get into the movie, sorry, uh, lots oh. of lots of fun little, little things about this movie. But um, John Travolta, even though he had had a pretty good career, his he kind of his career was kind of dying at this point. So this movie, like basically, like resuscitated his career, um, and it's actually like what made Samuel L. Jackson and Emma Thurman like famous like they are now. Um, before this movie, they really weren't super famous, never really had leading roles. So um, yeah, just kind of interesting to kind of think that this was the thing that kind of was the catalyst for for all of them. Um, and then lastly, the New York Times said about this movie, you don't merely enter a theater to see Pulp Fiction, you go down a rabbit hole, <laughs> um, which I think is kind of funny because it, it really is just an experience type of movie. You just have to kind of go on the wild ride that it is so So, yeah it is it really is with all of that um we can actually get into the film um i know that harry you mentioned you kind of had a breakdown i sort of broke it down as well i kind of did it based on the way the film's actually broken down which is into like the three parts um sort of like the date between me and vincent and that whole kind of encounter the gold watch you know getting with into butch and fabian and then the bonnie situation and kind of leading back into the diner where we start the movie. So, um, getting just into part one, I guess, if we're thinking this encompasses the opening scene, um, which is fantastic. Um, when he stands up and then that animation starts and the music starts, it's just, (laughs) it's just one of my favorite openings of a movie. Um, what do you guys think of this opening? I I feel like it doesn't necessarily tell you much about what the movie is going to be about. Um, so I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. If you think it's it's work, th- or yeah,
2: I think it's the perfect. It's the perfect starting scene to a Tarantino. Um like, like, Tarantino's like filmography. There are some movies, and especially scenes in specific movies that are like the most Tarantino ever. I'd mm-hmm. put this. I'd put this scene at the front of that list. Uh, it's. It, I I think it's. I don't think it necessarily gets considered as one of like the greatest ever but i think it's like it's like right there it's right it's right below like the ones that everyone would mention um i think it's i think it's a perfect scene i think it's a perfect scene for this movie and i think it's a uh, one of uh, tarantino's best openings ever which says a lot considering his filmography
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i think it's brilliant for it's unconventional for like two reasons Mm -hmm. the first like These characters, we're not going to see them again until the end of this movie, right? So it doesn't Mm -hmm. set up anything about the plot. But what it does is it sets up the tone, this, like, electric, energetic tone of the entire film. But it also sets up the, the seeds of, like... The anti-chronological structure that Tarantino has of yep. this movie—they're like the next scene, you don't see them at all, and you won't see them again until the very end of the film. I think that's brilliant because it's—it's like it's these two characters that have this incredible conversation towards one another about like why it's easier to why they should rob a diner, why they should rob a diner. It's like bars, banks, like they're all tracking yep. them. You know, they've got that like, you can get shot. It's like you can't get shot here like and they go through exactly why they can um that they can rob a diner I, I would also like to see the stats in america of like the rise in diner robberies after pulp fiction um was released i think that'd be pretty I did interesting not
0: look this up, but i should have like
2: that, like that dude who was the dark knight and then went on a rampage yeah but um,
0: Yeah, I, I did wonder that too when I saw this. I was like, I feel like now we're just showing people how to do this. <laughs> they really shouldn't be doing this, obviously. Right.
1: But um, yeah, that that's why I think this is brilliant because it it's like doesn't have to do anything with the, the the story, but it sets up the tone, sets up the mm-hmm. kind of conversational tone that you're gonna have, and it sets up the anti chronological structure. I think it's brilliant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it also kind of sets up that like. This movie is very dialogue heavy, even though it is a crime movie and there's obviously you know, a lot going on with the main like plot um, around like Marcellus Wallace. But I think that it just kind of shows you that it's gonna be a bit chaotic and also that the dialogue is just gonna be like, it's just unlike any other movie I've ever seen. I don't know how to describe it, but the dialogue is just very unique. And I think their conversation just kind of opens that up really nicely. Um, and obviously the soundtrack is amazing and the scene is no no different. Um, the first time I watched this movie, I was so curious, like how this was going to tie back into the rest of it, obviously, cause you don't, you don't know until the end. Um, and it's done so well. So yeah, then we move into Jules and Vincent, um, obviously visiting, let's call them visiting Brad and friends, um, yeah. <laughs> and having their conversation about the burgers, um, and the Royale with cheese and then getting into the apartment. Um, This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, just this whole conversation between the two of them. And obviously once they actually get there and are interacting with these guys, I just, I find it to be so hysterical. has some of the, I would say, one of the more iconic lines in the movie are in this little chunk um, of them being there in that apartment. Do you guys love the scene? Do you think that like, I mean, I feel like nobody I've ever heard has said that like some of these funny lines are like, overrated or anything but i am curious if you guys think they're as funny as i do because i i quote this scene they're, all the time
1: they're brilliant yeah i love the lead up to this scene like like as you said in the car and everything but the one shot walking take that they have and it's just mm-hmm. like them arguing about how Marcellus wallace threw a guy outside of a window because he gave mia wallace a foot massage <laughs> foot Massage, and yeah. he's just talking about the different levels of what you can do to a man's wife of like what yeah and when john is like this is on the same like
0: you know thing as this and he's, he's like what are you like, he's what? like
1: that ain't even in the same ballpark let alone the same sport yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like uh, i think that's brilliant and then like they check the time and they're like or a couple minutes early let's go chill <laughs> like they go out and they they keep talking but they've come what i like it's not an argument it's a discussion they come to a resolution mm-hmm. they're like i understand that okay i get that point there i don't agree like and they go off and they're just like time for a hit um so they very much they're hitmen like they they're going mm-hmm. um, I, yeah this apartment dialogue is as you said it's iconic like there, there's so many one-liners in this one scene like the Ezekiel oh, yeah. speech. The the English motherfucker. Do you speak it? Um, it's, uh, say what again? Um, and one of my
0: favorite ones is that uh, when he's like, "Check out the big brains Boy. on brass." Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> I love the the whole um, uh, kahuna burger. Um, he's the like, big I, kahuna burger. I do, like, I do like me a tasty burger.
0: Um, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing.
1: <laughs> but I do you like the. You just go on and on. My favorite line in that is, "What does Marcellus Wallace look like?" is the is so good he's like That's what like, does, he look, does he look like a bitch why are you trying to fuck him like a bitch then brad um yeah it, it, the the whole that whole scene is iconic and um i mm-hmm. would have just loved to be in the room uh where like them shooting it but one thing that i love um not to derail anything but like just one thing in this scene that i adore is the introduction of the prop of the mcguffin of the br- of the briefcase um, mm-hmm. where like, ma- I'm sure you got this in your notes, but making the, um, the, the movie that this was originally going to be diamonds. Um, yeah. and then they're like, that's boring. Let's just never tell them.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, I have like, no, Actually at the end, I was going <laughs> to tell you guys as a fun fact, if you knew that, that it was going to be diamonds and they just decided to not even tell anybody what it is.
1: Well, do you know all the different, um, theories about what it was? There was like, there was, um, the, the queen's crown, um, the, like Bars of gold, but my favorite one was yeah, gold. elvis's golden suit is one of them. I think that's awesome. But just like I love the like even just at the end, fast forwarding to the end where in the diner he opens it up and Tim Roth looks in and he goes, Is that what I think it is?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like little
1: well, things like that. I think it's brilliant.
2: Sorry, I just mm-hmm.
1: derailed.
0: But
2: yeah, Byron, what do you think of this?
0: scene? Oh, yeah.
2: Um, this is my favorite scene in the in the entire fucking movie. And it happens at the start. Um it's not only is it like one of the most iconic scenes of all time i think it's some of the best Samuel jackson of all time um the does he look like a bitch line is i think is one of the funniest fucking lines of all time um it's i don't i don't know would you classify pulp fiction as a comedy because i think it's one of the funniest fucking movies ever it has comedy elements for sure like, i think so it's like, classified
0: you know, as a crime thriller but it's fucking hilarious
2: so. i, I yeah yeah it's a crime thriller but i think you could throw drama and comedy in there and have all four of those genres in there because mm-hmm. again it's one of the it's it's funnier than fucking 90 percent of comedies
1: Yeah.
2: um yeah but yeah one of the most iconic one of the best scenes in tarantino's filmography probably just one of the best scenes of all time honestly it's one of the most entertaining scenes i've ever seen um yep. I was trying to I was trying to stay quiet last night when I was watching it, but I was cracking the fuck up. Um R. Jackson is just so funny, and the camera always gets so close on his face, and the cuts, the way this movie was made, just makes the scene that much better. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's fucking it's perfect. It's a perfect scene.
0: It is. Yeah, I actually made a note about the camera work because I think it's very like specific, like when he decides to get really close up on characters' faces and just like the angles in which they decide to show you like what they're going to show you, what they're not going to show you in the scene. Um, Like, I think it's we can. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place because there's just so many good things to talk about. But like how even with Marcellus Wallace, you know, you don't even see his front of his face until towards like the third chunk of the movie that's very intentional. You know, you only see the back of his head. Yep. Um, so this really interesting, yeah. Camera work and kind of decisions like that, that I think really make it stand out. Um, okay. So moving on, we go into basically Vincent buying the drugs, um, from his buddy. And then that leads into him taking Mia out to dinner, um, and showing up at the house, picking her up. Um, just that whole scene when, she's first introduced and you see her like red lipstick first and you hear her voice before you ever see her. Um, She's one of my favorite characters of all time um, in a film. I just, uh, I just love her. Um, Even though that scene we just talked about is probably like the best in the movie. I think that my favorite is just this whole Vincent and Mia going out to this old fashioned diner with all these dressed up celebrities. And she's made a reservation for a car already. Like it's just, I just love it. Um, There's like a certain innocence about it for some reason that like kind of shows like she kind of has like this like carefree, like kind of childlike, like not too worried about anything. Like she wants to go out and sit in this car and have a milkshake and just, you know, enjoy life. Um, So yeah, we can get more into what you guys think about that scene. Cause this kind of goes on for a while. I would say the first part one of the movie sort of ends with um, her overdose and kind of that, you know, unraveling. So we can kind of just talk about what you guys think about the diner scene and kind of what happens thereafter
1: yeah i, I love so. the scene this is like it's a another just tracking one shot that's just purely around dialogue um and twin territory mm-hmm. are the best um it just it, like this this scene doesn't work if it's not for travolta and thurman just them being so electric in towards their character i think is fucking awesome um five dollars for a milkshake is outrage that's nuts like <laughs> that's that's like a, in the 90s. that's a cheap milkshake <laughs> like um the yeah, yeah. I, I he's very that.
0: upset about it coming he's from so the man upset. who just spent hundreds of dollars on heroin he's yeah. very bothered by a five dollar milkshake that he, he has no
1: what's
2: in like it
1: $0. yeah like like uh, heroin that he has no idea what's in it's like extra 150 is like it'll just take him on a bigger trip it's like okay <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Can you guys imagine shooting that up, getting in a vehicle, yeah. driving to pick somebody up, and, and acting normal? Like, I, I can't even, like, fathom well, how he um, just, like, sat there and was normal.
1: Well, uh, Tarantino's good friend was a, re- a recovering heroin addict, um, and he got uh, uh, John Travolta to basically hang out with him for days, yeah. so yeah. just to kind of get that vibe. Um, yeah, I did see did that it. they brought somebody in. I didn't
0: know it was his friend, he but his I friend thought that they brought know. like a recovering um addict in to kind of make it more realistic, which funny enough, this kind of reminds me of a thing I was gonna tell you guys um later. But there's like this funny little fan theory that like the pulp in the title like refers to toilet paper and it like apparently revolves around Vincent because he's always using the bathroom throughout the whole movie. Oh, yeah. And it's like people just think it's like some little funny like gag thing, but it's really because he's using heroin and it makes you Backed up, so he's always literally on the toilet because he's yeah. a uh, an addict.
1: That's gold. But yeah. The, also, the introduction of Fox Horse Five, which is a great little side story, side of um of the the show that Mia was on, where it's foxy because we're all foxy ladies, force because we're forceful, and there's one, two, three, four, five of us. I love that. Yeah, I love her, her
0: delivery of every single line is so iconic to that character i remove it completely from her being uma thurman like i just that's mia wallace like she just has a very specific way of speaking very matter-of-factness about everything she's like a very no-nonsense no bs person my favorite line in the entire movie is when she says um the thing about that's when you know you found somebody really special you can just shut the fuck up for a minute and comfortably share silence yeah Best advice ever. I, I just, I love that so that, much. Yeah, that um, whole
1: concept of comfortable silence is really cool.
0: Yeah. Cause she's right. I mean, all this, like they're trying to like come up with like BS to talk about. Cause they just can't like, when you, especially when you're with somebody, you don't really know, like yeah. the two of them don't really know each other. They're kind of like, Oh, maybe we've got to fill this like conversation with BS, but it's like, no, you can just sit there and you, you don't got to talk. It's fine.
2: That's great. and just stand up and walk away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Byron, anything for you that stands out in this kind of chunk with the two of them?
2: Yeah, although I've I've said this for both scenes we've already talked about, I think this scene is once again perfect, um, and that has a lot to do with Travolta and Thurman, but it also has a lot to do with just how well this movie as a whole is just is written. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of the best scripts of all time. Um, almost probably, probably say top three. I'd, I'd rank it right up there with the social network, and um Twelve Angry Men. Um, but everything in the scene just gels together perfectly. Um, probably the, the the dance itself, as well as that entire scene, is probably one of the most iconic and memorable um, scenes ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe even, probably maybe even like top ten, top five. Um, but yeah, again, I think I think it's perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah, on. I agree. Did you guys know that I dressed up Adam and I dressed up as uh these characters for Halloween a couple oh, okay. years ago. Um is that what
2: your profile picture is?
0: Yeah, I changed it recently. Okay. recently. I, I was <laughs> looking, I was just <laughs> like,
2: is it? I am pretty sure it is. I'm I gonna say, to find picture, in case but... it's wrong. And I'm just
0: <laughs> But yeah, I, this I just even though they're not like a couple or anything like that, like they just have this like certain chemistry, even like in this little like friendship they have that I just think is so perfect and it's it's part of what makes this scene so good. Um I think that she's kind of like unexpected to him. I I think that she's different than what he was expecting her to be like when yeah. he went to pick her up and I think that threw him off to the point where it almost created a different type of comfortability that they kind of got together really quickly. Um which I think is is really interesting because they didn't necessarily need to like to have I guess these two characters have chemistry but I think it made it so much better. Um
1: yeah, for sure. You no know, they don't
0: necessarily come back together like later on. I think it was just fantastic.
1: Hundred oh, percent. Awesome. That scene's a great scene.
0: It really is. It's and then the, the dance, dance scene so
1: iconic. It's so man. Bad.
0: And then when she gets back to the um, house and puts on, you know, the, the Neil Diamond song or "You'll Be a Woman Soon." Yeah, that song. Yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very unfortunate that she uh, ends up, you know, obviously thinking that he has cocaine and it's it's not cocaine. Um, and she has her overdose they go and have that whole chaotic scene with the drug dealer friend and his uh, wife
1: (laughs) where the wife's just like getting off on it or she's just like thinking it's so much fun because of adrenaline like what a trip
0: yeah Yeah, she like is mad at first and then she just like kind of sinks into like just like being there for the moment uh that that seems really like intense like i definitely think the first time you watch it it's probably more intense than on rewatch. but You know, it's kind of like, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. You assume maybe that she's probably going to be okay, but um, it's definitely, you know, kind of a lot going on and it's all chaotic and everyone's talking over one another. So I think that kind of sets the tone of like leaving us off to go to like part two without necessarily like knowing what's going to happen next with Mia or Vincent. So um, yeah, it, I think it's a good way to end off part one.
1: It like very much for sure. I think it purposely done is what they told us in the beginning of what's happened to a guy that's only given her a foot massage, and then you seeing like she's ODing in front of him right now is like what's gonna happen to him? And it like in your mind, yeah. it's like that's nuts. So um yeah, like yeah, very something much,
0: happened to her.
1: Yeah. So that that shot though, which I think is one of the best shots in the in the whole movie, them going home after her ODing, and she nice. she just looks like a mess.
2: Oh, I think oh, that's fucking yeah. like She's an had awesome.
0: a rough night, I and love then that. of course
2: that way because she was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then of course the best joke in a non-traditional comedy movie, ketchup,
1: so good, ketchup. so good, so good
0: um yeah i I just i love the way they end that scene um yeah, any more thoughts on i guess part one
2: no great great introduction for no yeah yeah perfect i think i think every every main scene in part one is perfect
0: yeah i agree five stars <laughs> um, it makes me so happy to know that you guys also love this movie so much. Not that it's like I mean, obviously it's highly rated. It's not like it's a hot take for me to say it's my favorite movie, but you know, not everyone loves it yeah, as much as I do.
2: Just, I think in terms of like mutuals ratings, it's one of the most consistent five stars across the board. Yeah. I think I only have like four mutuals in total out of like what, like forty or something that have it like at four point five.
0: No one has yeah. it less. About. seems to definitely be one of his that people enjoy um which is yeah. awesome so okay well then we get into the gold watch so we get into bruce willis's character butch having a you know i guess memory flashback dream of his um father's watch being given to him that whole scene with christopher Walker, like so good. i forget wow. every time i watch it like just telling this poor kid like what his dad did and like paired it in his ass. Like it's just like how this kid can't be more than (laughs) like eight years old. And
1: he's just going on. For seven years your father had this watch in his ass. (laughs) It's
0: (laughs) It's just like so unexpected, but it's perfect. And then obviously he um we have the famous you know cab scene booch um driving driving him back to the hotel (laughs) after he's killed a man.
1: For sure I reckon this whole oh, okay. scene for me um sorry to call you off uh this whole scene for make me it? is um is just all about pride and like legacy because like you you think it, he's so um in touch with this watch because of what his father had to go through to get this watch to him mm-hmm. so the father had a legacy and um for him to because this whole scenes um started up by because Marcellus Wallace wanted him to f- throw a fight for him to make money um and he didn't want to do that because he's got a legacy he's got pride like he's not going to do that um and i love that idea of butch this is what makes i think butch is my favorite character in the whole movie because this whole idea that like he would rather run away from death like 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 get chased for the rest of his life than disrupt his legacy Mm -hmm. like people look at him as a lesser man like or himself think of himself as a lesser man i think that's a genius way to start this character
0: yeah, and I guess we forgot to mention that scene technically is kind of in part one where he gives them the money and they're at the at the the club. So yeah, so now we kind of get more into like actually learning about this character. Um, I think, yeah, you nailed it. I think that's exactly what it is. I think that's the watch represents that. And which is why he gets so frustrated when it's not there. When, you know, she forgot it. I just like sidebar, but like her little face is so adorable. It's I can adorable. never imagine yelling at her. Like it's she's just too cute. Effect. It's just too cute with her little bangs and just her little voice. Um, She's the sweetest little thing. So, yeah, we get into him getting back to the hotel and kind of getting to learn more about their relationship, which I think their banter is really cute. Um, I I just, I think I find it so funny. What do you guys think of the two of them?
1: I love them. This is skipping ahead, but my favorite line in the whole movie is between them. Where it's just like, whose motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? It's Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby it's
0: so
1: good i love it they're they're, they're yeah. very blunt sure. t- it's not really blunt but it's I very love, short yeah. it's like adorable i love their intros yeah
2: i love i love how Tar- tarantino does such good does like he always does a good job of introducing like characters like halfway through fucking movies mm-hmm. and those two are like two of the best examples of it um i think i think both of their performances like they're not even like the main the main like Mm-hmm. performances but fuck they're good both of them and their chemistry again and again is it's damn near perfect yep um yeah super super enjoyable
0: yeah i think they're really fun to watch i think it's vincent and, and me is different it's a different kind of enjoyable to watch but i think yeah. these two it's because they're actually in a romantic relationship it's it's a different kind of enjoyable and i i just love some of their conversations like the whole conversation about the pot belly and like how yeah. she wants to have a belly um I, I, yeah, I also think I think Tarantino does a really good job writing female characters, which, you know, is something that for someone with his type of personality, you wouldn't necessarily expect <laughs> it. But I actually think that he is decent at writing um, females. So I really enjoy Fabian and kind of what she represents for Butch. And she's sort of like the opposite of him. Like, I don't think she cares about pride. And I think she's just like this very like, very genuine person that just loves him and yep. um she just kind of wants to be with him and so she's kind of willing to do whatever to to have that life together so she kind of just follows his lead um and i think that's why he has a hard time staying mad at her like staying like yeah being mean to her like even when he gets in the car and he's just like how could you forget the fucking one? he's yeah. just like letting go because he couldn't do it you know to her face um so yeah i i think that whole scene is is great and then we obviously have him getting to the apartment to go get the watch. Um, So jumping forward kind of to where he, you have him and Vincent now, and we're in a different point in time. So this is, you know, later, yeah, after the end of the movie basically this is basically
1: the the last scenes yeah. of the movie of in yep. chronological time this is the like him riding off in the sunset with fabian is the last scene is
0: the, the is the end of yeah. the story yeah yes. exactly was, so <laughs> it's very interesting how the first time i watched this i was like thinking that was going to be the end of the movie but they didn't seem long enough so i was like so confused when i like circled back but now that i've seen it so many times i love the all over the place um, anthology that he does. I think it works really well, especially because Bush is not the main character. I think setting his story in the center is like a nice break apart from the main um, kind of
2: placement.
0: Yeah. And then obviously you have him and Marsalis kind of coming back together. Um, Obviously we have this really rough scene to get through with these sadist disgusting guys um, in this pawn shop and this whole scene is obviously a bit rough um, to watch, but you kind of have them obviously ending up being okay because he came back and he helped him. Do you think it was a pride thing again for like him to come back or. Yes.
1: He wouldn't be able to live with it. Like he knows what's happening mm-hmm. in there. He wouldn't be able to live with himself with that. And at the end of the yeah. day, like he, he he's basically heard Marcellus, sing, Marcellus scream and he knows who Marcellus is. And like he, like the representation yep. of him, I'm sure there was a, like, I'm not sure like the, the, the quick in, um, decision in his mind, I would like to think that there is like a moment where he's like, this can be my benefit. Um, that like, mm-hmm. this will like be fine if I like, but I do b- strongly believe it's just him. Cause he's a prideful man. He's a man of like legacy, everything like that. He's like this, I wouldn't be able to walk away from this. Um, yeah. Like he wouldn't be able to throw a fight. He wouldn't be able to walk away from a guy, getting stuff done to him but another incredible scene you could hear myself getting stuff done to him downstairs him screaming and he's just going through weapons upstairs <laughs> i think that's so good
0: yeah i really love this scene because i don't know if you guys took it this way but to me it's like paying homage to like even like horror films yep. where you have different villains with different weapons so like he picks up the bat he picks up the chainsaw picks up the sword like you kind of see like almost like a evolution of like hollywood there like with different like weapons that you kind of see in films which i think is really interesting
1: yeah i, I love how um i'm not sure if this is the word we can say but the, the word saying with g and ending with p um the guy in the leather suit um, that like he's like in front of Butch and Butch just gets up and just rips apart the chair and oh, then yeah. one punch knocks him out. He's out. I love that. Yes. I was every like, time
2: oh. that scenes, every time that scene pops, I was just like, oh shit! Butch has turned into fucking John McClane. Yeah, yes. but like I fucking kill everyone.
1: I was watching uh, watching with a mate and he's just like, how did he knock him out with one punch? I'm like he's a boxer. Like this is yeah. his job. So I'm like, I don't think that's extend realm of disbelief. Did you, you consider
0: that this person's being kept in a box essentially like this guy doesn't have any strength he's not gonna fight back clearly um so even if he wasn't the strongest you know guy in the world he'd still be able to probably knock him out so the fact that he is a boxer just kind of helps the situation apparently tarantino wanted my sharona for that yes, scene, and he, the band wouldn't allow it. They're like, no, we don't want to be associated with a scene like this. Because one of
1: the guys was um is super Christian, so he doesn't <laughs> want to be so, yeah anything like a sexual yeah. violence. He doesn't want to be associated with it. I love yeah. the the like um it's hard to love, but I do love the like when he frees Marcellus and Marcellus shoots the guy. The the some of the elements in that scene are horrifying. Like the one yeah. when I first saw this movie when I was a kid the one like quote that's always stuck in my mind is like, I'm going to go medieval on your ass. And that's so horrifying to think about like, what's going to happen dark. to this bloke is nuts, which like deserves it. Don't care. Um, but then that one, that exchange that they're not looking at each other and he's just like, you okay? It's like, nah, man, I'm pretty fucking I'm far pretty from fucking okay. <laughs> I love that. Um, but then it's just talking yeah. about like, are we all good? He's like, he's like, Two things. One, you never talk about this ever again. Um, Two, you leave town, never come back. We good. There is no us. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Love that. Yeah,
0: Byron, what do you think about part two? So I guess we already talked about the Fabian and Butch, but anything from this kind of second chunk that you...
2: Um, Not necessarily, but I do think the the section as a whole is just perfect middle ground for a Mm -hmm. movie. Um, i like movies that are like you can easily tell when part one part two and part three finish um, it's one of the best like m- uh, second acts i think i've seen yeah. Ever.
0: yep yeah i agree yeah it's interesting i saw a lot of theories and i don't know like i've never really thought about this movie as one that i would like analyze into like deeper meanings but there were a lot of people that were talking about like redemption being like a big message and undertone uh, of this film yeah. and Mia kind of having her redemption with like literally almost dying and kind of like, okay, maybe she's gonna rethink her choices after after that. And then with even Butch, like he kinda of got us like out of this situation with Marcellus and doesn't have to be like fearful of, you know, what might happen with that, um, because he helped him. So it's sort of like each character sort of gets not each character, but some of the main characters get sort of a version of redemption. And I saw something about Marcellus is sort of like he still does a lot of shady stuff and like some bad stuff. So he didn't fully get like a redemption, but he got you know a bad thing that happened to him, but he didn't like get killed or something, and so he kind of gets that second chance to like he's still alive, but he's not the kind of person who's gonna do good things after this, he's gonna go medieval on that guy's ass. So it kind of like every character has a different version of, yeah, kind of what's gonna happen to them. Like Jules, had, uh,
1: Jules rediscovered his faith, like, um, when yeah, when he's like when they didn't get killed by the guy shooting a gun um and he's just like that was a that was a miracle that we just saw that was an absolute yeah. miracle so yeah 100 percent. that's yep. great that's a great pull. yeah and i
0: i think the funny thing with vincent is that and this is kind of the thing back to like you know he dies on the toilet yeah <laughs> because he's always in the bathroom i think the thing is like he wasn't willing to kind of like give up the drugs kind of thing yeah. so like he wasn't willing to make a change to make his life better or worse he was just kind of going through the motions so he didn't necessarily get that you know redemption for himself yeah um but yeah, moving into the final act, we have the Bonnie situation where we get to see Mr. Tarantino make a cameo in his own movie. Yeah. Um, and most definitely guarantee he went off script for this.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't get, this bit. He didn't get this bit approved at all. <laughs> no, no one read this part. No. No, I
0: wrote down how many times he said it, and I was like, really, did you need to say it that many times? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so that's what the, I wrote down as well, He got the
2: Iron. pass yeah i wasn't even Uh-oh. like thinking about it I was just, like, i'm pretty sure he said it here 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 and here
0: yep but or... yep so we get um starting off 100. the
1: the that that car scene with um marvin is so mm-hmm. good Where he's just like talking to him with a gun and then that like that that might be up there with one of my favorite lines like oh man i shot marvin in the face <laughs> must have been over a bump Vincent. or something."
0: <laughs> Yeah, that scene in the car is is gross and unexpected when you're first watching it, if you've never seen the movie. Um, and then you're just like, how in the world are they going to get themselves out of this situation? I mean, that car is covered from head to toe. And then um, enter Harvey Keitel um, to make things better. Hell yeah. So yeah, we have them going to um, Jimmy's house, their friend. We have Harvey Keitel, the wolf coming in to help them clean up their mess. Um, this whole scene is so hysterical. Just all the banter back and forth with all of these guys worried about his wife coming home. She's going to kill him. She's going to leave him. She's going to divorce him. If she finds out about what's happening. Um, which I just find that whole thing. He's just so worried about that, which is valid, honestly, because I'm sure she would be pretty pissed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we basically, up until they get back to the diner, we have, you know, them kind of cleaning up this mess and then putting on some UC Santa Cruz, um, shout out Northern California. (laughs) <laughs> um t-shirts and looking like a bunch of dorks going into the coffee shop diner to have the final scene so anything from this part that stands out to you guys i like the stuff with jimmy and the yeah. wolf but i think the final like diner scene is really the one that stands out to me as far as the towards the end of the movie
2: yeah it's it's weird because it has a perfect middle ground it has a perfect opening scene it has it has got a perfect ending um, I think the ending is is one of the highlights of this movie, which is fucking nuts because of what the movie is. Um, it's, it just perfectly encapsulates what this movie was, and it was a chaotic, fucking time, a chaotic and entertaining, enjoy uh, and enjoyable time. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it it's it's just it's just perfect. It, it does mm-hmm. everything it needs to do
0: i agree and yeah. do you guys notice that vincent again has gone to the bathroom when they start robbing yeah. the diner That's so <laughs> he's true. just always missing missing in action um but yeah this the scene where like he's telling yolanda to to be cool and he's like what's fonzie like i just love that whole thing it's so what's funny
1: fonzie like
0: be cool baby be cool um
1: be cool. I, yeah i love the wolf is he's up there with one of my favorite characters, just because he's. Mm-hmm. You know, he walks into a room and he's instantly given respect by everyone around him, and you don't you don't know why, but you just like you're like, all right, this guy's huge, this guy's huge. Yeah. But, but he's also he answers to Marcellus, so like um like little things like the band. I love the little talks between um uh between Jimmy and the Wolf, um, mm-hmm. where like, like it's just like uh, this is really uh like um this quilt and this like bedding lid And This was a present on my wedding day from from my cousins, and he's just like how much does your cousins earn? <laughs> like, like, like I think that's so fucking funny, man. I love that. And like, he, but he's super generous with that sort of stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I love it. The, the, the ending scene, I think he, uh, you guys have said it best as well. Um, it is, it's perfect. And just like that whole, once again, bringing back the MacGuffin of the, the suitcase, what this whole movie is kind of centered around is so, mm-hmm. so, so good. Um, and yeah, that's great. It's just that, that, yeah. that, that one feels like, is that what I think it is? It's like, yeah. And you can think, and you know who Marcellus Wallace is. Everyone knows mm-hmm. who Marcellus Wallace is. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. He's like this
0: big, like, mobster, and everyone's, like, afraid of him. So he knows if he brings that up, then Ringo's going to definitely think twice about what he's about to do.
1: I thought one thing, though, like, because um, at the beginning of the scene, the tall like, Vincent and um and Jules are talking uh, at the diner, and um, Vincent's got what I think is an all-time breakfast, which is pancakes and bacon. Um, and he's like, do you want some of my bacon? He's like, I don't eat pig. I don't eat swine. It's a dirty animal. And they're talking about like what makes an animal clean and what makes an animal dirty. I think that's a yeah. big, another great conversation. Um, but when they, when he goes through basically stopping this hold up and like getting up and he's about to start walking out well, they do the fucking strut, I love the strut, <laughs> with the strut, I thought he was going to pick up a piece of the bacon and then eat it on the way out. I thought that would have <laughs> been just a nice little touch, but he didn't. That
0: would have been funny. Yeah. That's, that's a good little catch. Um, I, Speaking of pancakes, I love also earlier when she's like, I want blueberry pancakes. Oh, yeah, um, the maple syrup. So, yeah,
1: she's adorable. So wholesome. Um,
0: yeah, I, I love this ending scene. I, again, love the kind of out of order anthology that happens here and that we start in the diner with Ringo and Yolanda. We end in the diner opening scene of Vincent and Jules, realizing that they're also there. We didn't know that at the beginning. Um, And just kind of how it all comes together, I think, is just absolutely brilliant. Um, We've already kind of touched on it. But again, the script, I would say pretty perfect. Characters, perfect. The camera work is great. The soundtrack's great. Um, I love the way that it's filmed and the direction is fantastic. I genuinely have no complaints with this movie.
2: Hell yeah. I think think it's flawless.
0: Yeah. It makes me so happy to know that you guys agree with that, though. I love It's one of the greatest
2: speeches of all time.
0: Yeah, no, I I loved being able to, that was fun to be able to kind of break it down further. So I know we've already kind of touched on all the main points. Um, I already kind of threw in those little fun behind the scenes details um, throughout the conversation. The last one I had was just that apparently nobody wanted John Travolta except for Tarantino. He was the one that really wanted him and they wanted to like cast Daniel Day-Lewis or Sean Penn. I can't picture it now no. that I've seen the movie. I just yeah, I really not can't at, not at,
2: not at this point. That's hard to imagine. Yeah, after I mean, the movie's been released for so long. It's just Obviously. like if you look back at it. It's just like mm, no. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was <laughs> originally it's perfect casting.
1: Apparently it was originally written for Michael Madsen, um, and then he turned yeah. it down. And he said to Travolta, he said to Tarantino, and they both kind of agreed. It's like Travolta, so like Travolta because they yeah. both watched Blowout. Yeah. Um, Brian De De oh, yeah. This
2: is best performance,
1: I think. It was
0: the production side that I think didn't want him. Yes, um because like agreed. I said, his career was kind of you know. He doesn't sell a movie a little bit at that of a point. Did not yeah. sell a movie.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. Which lot. Whole, whole, like I get it, but at the same time, like at the end of the day, Tarantino didn't really have. He wasn't Tarantino then, you know. Exactly. Yeah, we have to remember
0: this is only his second movie. Like he wasn't didn't have the um kind of history that he has. Obviously later on that anyone would just kind of buy whatever he's selling. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah overall
2: moving got two five out of fives from illustrator yeah,
0: right I've given I would say I think I've given four of his films a five and then I've given like a couple of them a four and a half I think I've only given one of them a three and a half which is death proof oh. um,
1: yeah nice but
0: yeah not bad at yeah. all I love his I got, entire film
1: well, I've got some um, movie references that he puts in throughout the, yeah. the film if you'd like me to go through this. Um, there's some sure. fun ones. I've listed them out. Um, so the movie Dress to Kill is referenced in this. So while Mia and Vincent are waiting for their food to arrive in Jackrabbit Slim's, she tells him, quote, I'm going to go to the bathroom and powder my nose, end quote. Uh, this is a riff on the line from Briar De Palma's 1980 uh, slasher, Dress to Kill, where Liz Blake says, I'm going to go powder my nose. I'm going to come back. I hope to find your clothes next to mine. Um, and in Pulp Fiction... It's used as a euphemism for powdering my nose Is she's putting powder up her nose. Yeah. Um, the Warriors is referenced. The movie The Warriors, um, which is a oh, fa- yeah. fantastic oh, wow. movie. Oh, yeah. Where, um, the <laughs> um, uh where... Because you're referencing... You're talking about the scene, Ash, that you love so much is when you first see Mia, it's her with the microphone to the house, at the intercom, and it's her lips. That's the exact same scene out of The Warriors where it's the DJ um, basically... Giving an update about the warriors throughout the entire film yeah you're film.
0: right i didn't even think about that yeah
1: Yep. and then we've got the bonnie and clyde is of course referenced reference with honey bunny and pumpkin um, throughout the film that it's almost scene by scene is almost identical um, kiss me deadly is um referenced with the MacGuffin in pulp fiction um basically a mcguffin if people that don't know is like just a random object that takes characters from point a to point b in this case it's the, the what's in the case um, so we never see what the inside of the case is, but anyone who opens it, it's illuminated by a golden glow, and this happens in Kiss Me Deadly, um, which we've talked already, but this was originally Diamonds, um, but then they changed it. Um, walking Tall, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the Yakuza, or exactly what you said, that's all referenced in that movie with all the weapons. Um, a good funny one, um, Karate Kiba, which is the bodyguard in japanese uh, a Japanese film, um, that was referenced in this film because that's what the ezekiel speech is it's not from the bible it's wrong yeah like, i uh, knew
0: that that wasn't a real bible verse
1: yeah that's from it's from um from uh karate Kiba or Kaiba, uh, which looks is funny. one of tarantino's favorite movies um psycho is uh referenced um in the it's like side by side the exact same shot of when Marcellus wallace is walking across the road with the donuts and he turns and looks at butch that's side by side the exact same thing so that's all i've got um, but there, you can just tell in every one of these movies, there's going to be references to other movies that are
0: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a great discussion on Pulp Fiction, you guys. I was very excited to have this conversation. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what we think of Pulp Fiction. That's our deep dive. And we all give this movie a five out of five stars. Three out of
2: five. 33rd awesome. yeah, yeah. 30, 30 all time. Yes, I rank them.
0: That's yeah, awesome. It's my Everyone knows. Number that. one of all time.
2: Yeah. Let it buckle, Scott. um
0: All right. Well, with that, we can move into the final game, which is you two versus each other. Um, We've got 20 questions. I have a movie that I have selected in my brain, and you can ask me questions until one of you figures out what that movie is.
1: Well, first off, Byron, good luck. Good luck. Um, Yeah thank you yeah thanks, i'm not bro. usually
0: hosting the games this just takes the pressure off me
1: a yeah, little bit absolutely oh uh, yeah absolutely um like this right. is this shouldn't be a question but we've both seen this i'm sure yeah okay cool yes All right. i made sure All right, cool that's cool um yeah thank you was it released you past, can go, you can her. was it released past the year 2000 no awesome Fuck. So it's not national treasure <laughs> uh is it a 90s movie Yes. Okay. All right. Fine.
0: Here we go. We are doing '90s. You know, talking about a '90s movie today, so I decided to uh, at least stick with that theme.
2: Okay. Fuck it. it. Is that a crime movie? No. Okay. Good. So, um, imagine if it's just pulp fiction.
0: (laughs) Can you (laughs) imagine if I?
2: Fuck. That would annoy me because I would never guess it. Hmm. Okay.
1: Is the main actor in the MCU? No.
2: That's huge. That's huge.
0: It's a good question though to knock
2: off yeah, yeah it does. is is said movie directed by a big name no no
0: but i'm gonna She's double hesitant.
2: check so it is a it is a known name interesting um, well, it ain't Spielberg.
0: It's i would say Spielberg. that it is not a like, known director. Okay, so yeah, it's
1: not, the not, not a no. big, one, not <laughs> big one.
0: Not a big No, nothing like a Spielberg or a Tarantino. No.
1: Okay. okay, okay. Um, is it animated? No. Okay, good. So, okay. Yeah. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Um, I just
2: want to use the letterbox filters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope it's not too hard, but...
1: Is, oh well. is the main genre, or one of the main genres, comedy?
0: No.
1: Awesome. Okay. So I'm thinking it's either I'm thinking it's either horror or dark drama or like deep drama. Like, uh drama. Or
2: drama can. can wait. Be are you are, you, are, you,
1: are you taking notes of our questions? By the way, Ash. Don't have to. I don't really mind. Um,
2: I'm not. Because, but I'm kind of just mentally I was just about to write down like some of the ones. So it's, it's 1990s, 1990s somewhere. I
0: should
2: have. Somewhere. been writing
0: it down. I'm sorry. No,
1: no, no good. I can write yeah, Terry's fault yeah it's my fault um 90s movie <laughs> not unknown director
0: yeah not a crime and not a comedy
1: not a crime not uh and no
0: mcu actor
1: no actress MC, yeah that's huge and it's uh not animated
0: yes
2: does a star a big named actor
0: yes
1: oh, okay so it's tom hanks um is it horror no. Okay, that's is it a war? No. Christ. What's the <laughs> other one? Drama? Is it a
0: drama? No. What the fuck is that? Wait, so okay. It's
2: so, sci- so it's not sci-fi? so it's not drama, animation, crime. Or horror horror. Sci-fi? War. No. What the, what f- the fuck? I'm action? looking at
0: letter yes, that is one of the genres.
2: What is it? would you say? One of them.
0: Action. What the fuck is that action?
2: action. <laughs> Christ! Oh my God! Nineties action movies. Why can't I think of them? It's the fucking nineties.
0: I gave you guys a tough one. I'm sorry. No,
2: no, no. The nineties. Um, so it's not I sci-fi. Um, how, you Um, I
0: feel you like know? there could be sci-fi aspects to it, but that is not a genre. I will give okay, you. Okay, the there point. goes my
2: fucking. Info. Okay,
0: okay. <laughs> I'm going up with letterbox genres, and there's three, and it's not one of them.
2: I was like, I was, I was thinking speed, business, and
0: sci-fi. Um,
2: I don't know National. if it is or not.
1: Might have sci-fi. Does it star Nicolas Cage?
0: No. Damn it! But <laughs> you're not. Person, bias you're not in thought. the wrong like thought wrong. process Harry. I'll give you that. Hint. Okay, so
1: the movie rules then. You know. Yes. Yeah, okay. It does. Hmm. Okay, so action, not Nicolas Cage. So
2: it's a na- oh yeah, because that narrows it. Yeah. Well, he was the king of he was
1: the king of '90s action. He had Conair, he had, Conner, he had Face nine, off, he had...
2: 90s action.
1: He had The Rock.
2: Um, Can't be The Matrix because that's sci-fi. Um,
1: I'm... No, no. I was going to say True Lies, but that's Jim's Cameron. That's Jim.
2: Yeah, that wouldn't work.
1: Is it a main action star? Is the main action... Is the main star?
2: A main actor in action... Yeah, type of guy.
0: I would not say that action star is that person's main.
2: Like it might be a chick, you genre. know. Genre. Hmm. It could be a chick. Could be a chick.
0: This person has been could in be. many films, but I would say there's a lot of variety in the is, types of film.
1: Is it a franchise film? Yes. Oh, what the fuck okay. Franchise in the '90s. Okay, okay, okay.
2: Oh. No, it doesn't work.
1: Oh, I've got one that I kind of want to swing at. I don't know, but... Is I the franchise still happening, like, now a time? No. Okay, then it's, I was thinking GoldenEye.
0: No, it is not a current franchise, and this this specific one is the only one to have come out in that. Decade
2: that I that you guys no, already I, guessed. What the fuck? Uh oh, uh, no, that doesn't work.
1: Does it does the is the main actor in Pulp Fiction? No, okay, damn. I was thinking about <laughs> the Vengeance. Is, like it is the be. main actor still very active now?
0: They did they make a movie they are now yes they
1: are now i know it 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 is it the mummy
0: yes yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) harry loves the mummy i fucking love the mummy
0: (laughs) i was having a really hard time picking a 90s film that wouldn't be too obvious i was like you know what I'm going Man. with this because you guys have both seen it, and I, I love this movie. I had a couple oh, in Harry's mind. Favorite
1: movies. What? I had a couple in <laughs> mind. I was like, is it Speed, Um Goldeneye? That's what I thought. I thought no, Goldeneye. I haven't seen it, so it
2: couldn't be
1: it. I, I thought Goldeneye, I was just like, when you said franchise, I was like, oh, James Bond. But there it is. Mummy, nice. <laughs>
0: yeah it's not like a big franchise but there was multiple obviously like i was like i guess it's more of like a trilogy but i think there might be four of them so the then franchise, it's
2: kinda... i had like alien in my mind which couldn't be it because that's sci-fi as well you
0: know what i probably confused you guys it's not really a franchise it's more of like a trilogy so i shouldn't have said yes to that i but... was too fair. Yeah, so... sure
2: i was thinking about i was thinking about trilogies as well Thinking,
0: but yeah, it's definitely kind of like the director only did like five I had movies. Like, so.
2: I had like Mission Impossible in my mind. I was just like, no, it can't be it. No, that was fine. Yeah, I feel like it. I might have
0: confused you with that. So anyways, um, congrats oh, on your win.
2: Yeah, Harry's just a little nerd. Yeah, man, just get fucking <laughs> we need Seth or George. We need Seth or George or Tyler to just um, Tyler could beat me. I'm, I'm putting it out
1: there. There is no way in this world George is beating me at movie trivia. I'm issuing oh, you an absolute statement. Come to my turn okay. and beat me. Christopher
2: Nolan trivia. Okay. <laughs> do anything. I think Harry's
0: got that brain that just houses like I'm just information. Put, I'm just trying that... to
2: favorite, and George,
1: favorite to George. No, we'll do general All movie trivia, and then we can just we'll do everything. All right. Come on.
0: All right. Well, well done, Harry. Um, that wraps up episode 14 of our Love, Death, and Movies podcast so thank you all for listening um and thank you guys for the great discussion on my favorite movie of all time i appreciate it um follow us on everything tiktok instagram x threads uh youtube spotify apple all the things um and thank you so much for listening until next time